We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of KCSN Update with the stories, stats, headlines, and rumors people are talking about to get you caught up on all things regarding the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs. Rotating guests with different perspectives. The latest episode of KCSN Update, presented by DraftKings, begins now. Hello and welcome into today's episode of KCS and Update presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Tucker Franklin, and I am very pleased to be joined by Charles Goldman. You can find him on Twitter at GoldMCTNFL. Charles, it's been a minute since you've been on the podcast. I think it was beginning of the offseason, maybe uh, at the end of free agency, but it's been a minute. How are you doing? How are you, how are you surviving the offseason? You know, uh, I, surviving it barely. We're we're ready for uh, for all the training camp content and uh, for for football season. It's uh, it's just it's almost here. It's almost here. Oh. We can taste it. We got a little bit of a tease today. We're recording this podcast on Tuesday. We got a little bit of a tease on Tuesday when uh, rookies and quarterbacks reported got to see Blaine Gabbert show up with the shortest shorts I think that he could possibly find. You got to see Patrick Mahomes, and they even spoke to the media. Mahomes and I believe Andy Reid spoke to the media. Um, Listen, we're getting there. We are slowly but surely getting there. Yeah, we're close. We're close. Uh, Like I said, we can taste it. It's, uh, it's, It's so close to... You know, everyone's suiting up, and then before you know it, you know, we'll have a couple padless practices, and then the pads come on, and you hear the clack of the pads in practice, and you know football is back. Oh, I cannot wait for the for the first fat padded practice in St. Joe. And if you guys know me, you know I'll be up there uh, at St. Joe, um, being being a sleuth, looking at what's going on out there, reporting to the people, man of the people, trying to try to tell you all what's going on. Up at St. Joe, but there was a little bit of news, little news nuggets from uh, from today's press conference. Trishon Warden was placed on the pup list, the physically unable to perform list. Now that doesn't end his season. It's the IR if they're placed on it this time that ends their season. He can still come off of the the physically unable to perform list. Uh, if you do remember correctly, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was actually placed on the pup list at the very beginning of training camp last year, and I think he was on it for maybe a day. It's like one of those things where like they fail their opening conditioning test. And they get a put put on that list, and then they come back. Not that big of a deal. There's some speculation that maybe Isaiah Pacheco could come up, but listen, those guys don't have to report, I believe, until the 22nd. So almost a week um, until those guys have to report to camp. Some will probably show up earlier. But uh, thoughts on uh, Tershawn Morton starting off the season on the published, Charles? 
Yeah, I think uh, we kind of had a feeling that, that this was coming. Um, you know, the bigger guys coming off an, an ACL injury, typically they take longer to uh, return to action from those injuries. Um, the team hasn't really indicated that, you know, this is like a concern or a big worry. When you get these guys on the active PP list, they still count against the 90-man roster. They can be pulled off of that really at any time during training camp. So, I mean, mm -hmm. it could be he could be on it for, you know, most of training camp. He could be on it for a couple days. Um, so long as he is not on the PUP list when roster cuts roll around, he's not at risk of missing any time in terms of the season. If he's on the PUP list when roster cuts roll around, they can then transfer him over to the reserve PUP list, which would mean that he has to miss a minimum of, I believe, four weeks to start the season. Hmm. Um, but that's that's a conversation for another day. I think right now, everything's really kind of trending positive for him. You know, they're just cautious with, with some of these guys coming off of those bigger injuries. And, uh, you know, really as far as, as Pacheco is concerned, you know, it, it's one of those things where I think they're going to meet, um, you know, with Rick Burkholder, with, with Isaiah and kind of see where he's at in terms of his recovery. He had the, uh, the labrum injury, shoulder injury that, uh, that he had uh, during the Super Bowl. He played through during the Super Bowl, had off-season surgery to repair it. He also had surgery on his hand, but my understanding is that injury is behind him. So this is just the residual from the shoulder. And, you know, this is a guy that's going to have a really big role on the team this year. So they're just being cautious. They want to make sure that they're giving him enough time to truly recover. We know his play style. We know that he's a guy who's, you know, going to seek out that contact, who's going to need that shoulder because he's going to be, you know, kind of laying the boom into some of these defenders. So uh, I, I think that that one, you know, I don't think fans should worry about it. I think it's more of a maintenance type of thing than, than anything else uh, if he does end up on the PUP list. We'll, we'll kind of see what they decide to do there. Yeah, it wouldn't be the end of the world either, as you mentioned, to kind of give him a little bit, uh, to let him ease back into it a little bit more than what it is already right now. Uh, because as you mentioned, he he runs angry. Um, and a lot of those runs that he has you know, are running through contact, running through people. So getting him healthy, this is the healthiest these guys are going to be all year. And to make him get to that point as, as healthy as they can be before they start the, the just kind of residual uh, punishment on the body as the season goes along, it is probably a good idea. And Charles, I wanted to talk to you about uh, the quarterback documentary that came out. Um, I know it's, it's hot in the streets right now talking about just guys getting healthy. A big part of it is about just like how these guys take care of themselves. Getting to see how Patrick Mahomes takes care of himself was a really big thing. Uh, but what have you, what are your thoughts on, on the docu series? And I know you said you haven't watched all of it yet, but just so far, uh, what are your, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I'm taking my time with it. <laughs> it's a yeah. it's a hard commitment when uh when you're out here uh you know grinding these articles and whatnot uh, <laughs> as we do over uh, over at Chiefs Wire and here at KCSN. But um, yeah, no, I uh, some of the things that that I've kind of noticed um, just just from what I've seen is I, I I love the the behind the scenes aspect, the you know the storytelling um, of what you just don't see. You know, mm -hmm. there, there's so much that we don't see. Uh, as fans, even so much that journalists don't see, you know, being so close to the team and, and what have you. So um, I, I think that aspect of it is really is really kind of neat, not just for Patrick Mahomes, but some of these other quarterbacks and and their stories. I mean, I know that people have you know entirely different opinions on Kirk Cousins now after this yeah. documentary because of, you know, just the different sides uh, that he was able to show. Um, I, I love the fact that they kind of go behind the scenes with the family. 
uh, mm -hmm. of, of each player and kind of feature that aspect of it because, um, you know, that's just another like underrated aspect that, that people just um, kind of gloss over. You know, I mean, we know that these people are important to their lives and that, you know, um, yep. and that they support them, but we really don't get to see that. So peeling back the curtains on that, I think, was just so cool and so important. I mean, reading how Brittany Mahomes uh, supports Patrick, um, you know, on and off the field and uh, and, you know, how uh, they've really just built, um, you know, built this thing up together and then um, really just uh, finding more insight into, you know, Patrick Mahomes and his you know, on-field persona and the preparation that he puts in yeah. day in and day out. Um, you know, the, the work that he does, like you mentioned on his body to keep him on the field so that, you know, that, that, that ankle injury wasn't as impactful as maybe it should have been because of the preparation, the things that he did. So um, I, I really think that this was just a, a such a cool thing. And I'm, I'm happy to hear, I, I believe they announced today that, that they've been renewed uh, for a second season. So probably won't follow Mahomes again, I imagine, but like there are so many different angles and cool things that they can do um, to, to kind of continue to peel off the, the lens of what is, uh, you know, one of the hardest positions in sports to play. Absolutely. And there's some really good quarterbacks I could still follow around, um, but they, they have no shortage of talent in the NFL right. when it comes to following guy, these guys around. But Charles, you mentioned a point that I think has been really cool for me to see personally is the peek into like uh, his relationship with Brittany and how much they how much like he leans on her in a lot of these circumstances and a lot of these situations where, uh, you know, they've got two young kids at home. That's not that can't be easy for for Patrick as he's trying to do all these things. And, you know, as Brittany as well as they're trying to do all these business ventures they have and and creating a life and and everything like that. It's it's been one of the things where I think that. You know, people are hard on Britney, I think, in, in social media. And people will still continue to be hard on Britney because uh, that's just how it is because hit, her husband beat their favorite team and this is why they're going to be upset at Britney. And it's really what all it is. But I think that this kind of puts her uh, – puts a little perspective into – their relationship and I think that people get a lot a little upset about her being so excited and supporting her husband right and they call her annoying and stuff like that it's just I, I think it's really heartfelt and heartwarming to see um, that relationship because they have been together for so long and, and to get to see and glimpse into that uh, of how uh, that dynamic is and, and she there's sometimes where she she puts her foot down and, and Patrick has to listen and there's things like that that people wouldn't expect but they're uh, they really do lean on each other and I thought that was a really cool thing to see yeah it's so genuine and like relatable Absolutely. too to all these relationships that that other people have in their lives right I mean um, I, I just think that you know um, we can kind of forget sometimes that like yeah, she she's an athlete too. She was she's a fan as well, right? So, um, I mean, I think you know she has all the right to uh, to react and celebrate and uh, you know be excited for for her husband in any way she she wants. You know, right? Yeah. I think that that uh, that's just uh, I, I think it's a beautiful thing to see that um, to see that kind of unfold. Uh, and I think that the documentary did a really good job of of telling kind of that aspect of the story and. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I hope that it's not the last kind of, you know, look behind the curtains that we get to see, yeah. you know, um, it's, it's cool. They got, you know, they've got these two kids that they're, that they're raising now too. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of fun to see their family grow and, uh, and whatnot alongside the, the, the team aspect of it. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So I'm loving to see like the behind the scenes of them building their house too. I know that was kind of a controversial topic of the <laughs> the aerial shot of, of Patrick Mahomes' house was was leaked out there, but you get to see uh, the behind the scenes of them building their house, them moving and everything like that is is a very cool thing. But all right, Charles, I want to talk to you some about the biggest storylines going into training camp. We're obviously going to talk Chris Jones, wide receiver room, but I want to talk about some of maybe the ones that people aren't talking about as well. But first, gotta take a quick break. We'll be right back after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. I'm hanging out with Charles Goldman of Chiefs Wire, KCSN Daily newsletter as well. You can go find the link in the description right there if you want that. KCSN Daily, $30 a year. And you can get all Charles's good KCSN Daily stuff. Man, I love it when that comes into my inbox. It gets me all caught up. I skim, I read through it, and I'm like, okay. All right, I didn't miss anything because sometimes, you know, when I'm doing these podcasts, I've got the phone on Do Not Disturb for a couple hours. I can miss some stuff. And I'm sure people at work, they got their phone on Do Not Disturb for a little bit. You can miss some stuff. Good way to stay up to date. Go down there. You can get it for free if you just go to uh, kcsn.substack.com. You can do a free subscription, $30 a year, get you all the premium content. Joseph Hefner has some really good analytical articles in there. Uh, he's going over the tools of the trade. Might, that series might be done, but you can still go back yeah. and read those just of, of the uh, other kind of analytical tools that you can look for and, and learn a little bit more. I'm always trying to always trying to in, broaden my horizons when it comes to the analytical sphere of things. There's so much out there. There really is. And Joseph's so incredibly, incredibly talented. Um, yes. His last Tools of the Trade article, he, uh, he kind of overviewed his own website, which he has these different apps that he created. Um, you know, some of them, you know, they'll, they'll show you things from, um, you know, formations and personnel groupings from each year. It just like great for the, the football junkie. And I, uh, I, I love uh, the work that he's been putting out lately. It's just so much fun to, to read it and check it out. 
So there's your plug for KCSN uh, Daily, the uh, the daily newsletter right to your inbox. Go subscribe to that if you do on, on Substack. They'll go right to your email every single day. All right, Charles, um, let's talk some training camp because I wanted to have you on to do a little bit of training camp primer. Uh, nobody has their finger on this on on the team's pulse as well as you do, in my opinion. So I want I want to talk to you about probably the biggest storyline of this offseason, I'd say, uh, is is the Chris Jones contract extension. Now, a lot of people were saying that they're waiting on the, the shoot to fall with Quentin Williams. His his deal came down and it did come down a very manageable number, I think, for the Chiefs to get to. What are your thoughts on kind of what the Chiefs are waiting for at this point, basically? Yeah, you know, I think um, it's just a matter of the the minutia and details of of you know putting together an NFL contract, figuring out when all the money is going to hit, and uh, you know uh, how many years, uh, how many of this, how long that. Um, I, I think that's kind of really the the holdup right now. I, the way that both sides have kind of um, you know um, indicated to this point, I, I feel like this deal is just it's only a matter of time before it gets done, right? right. I mean, just hearing Andy Reid at, at the training camp opening press conferences today, you know, he didn't seem too concerned about when Chris Jones is showing up. He knows it's only a matter of time before something happens that Jones is there. Um, he, he still talked about it. Like, Hey, he's in our plans. He's uh, a leader on this team. He's someone who is you know, going to be here, not just for this upcoming year, but, but for the future. So um, I, I think it's just, uh, it, it's really kind of a matter of just hammering out those details and, you know, getting this thing to the finish line and, um, you know, whether that happens before kind of veterans report on Saturday or whether maybe that bleeds in a little bit to training camp. Remember, Jones is a veteran too, right? He doesn't necessarily need these opening weeks. Right. He has to miss a couple of, you know, a couple practices and whatnot before he gets in there. I don't think the Chiefs are going to be too broken up about it. I don't think he's going to be too broken up about it. Um, you know, there's been some discussion, okay, maybe it'll be like a hold in situation where he shows up at camp, they work out, hammer out the details of the deal. So he doesn't get fined. I feel like, I don't feel like the chiefs would even enforce a fine, um, with, with Jones, if he missed, you know, a couple of days, so long as, you know, the conversations are still trending in the positive direction and that, you know, that they're still looking towards, Hey, we, we can get this contract done. We just have to, you know, focus in on a few more of these details and figure out how we can make it work, how it can structure it, how it doesn't, you know, impact necessarily the the future of the team in a negative way, but also pays him what, what he's worth and what he knows he's worth and what the team knows he's worth. Do you think that there's a holdout situation uh, yeah, I think it's possible that, uh, that, you know, that there could be a quote unquote holdout, but, um, I, I don't think it's going to be something that could bleed into the season. Um, I, I certainly don't think that, uh, that, you know, that it's something that if it happens that it's intended by either side, I think, you know, it, negotiations, uh, in the NFL can, can be tricky sometimes. Um, but, but like I said, both these sides seem to have a common want, common desire, Chris Jones has said that he wants to be and only play with the chiefs. Right. Mm -hmm. And the chiefs want to keep him here. They know that he is kind of that centerpiece, that linchpin of their defense. They have kind of built it around him. Um, and I, I think that, you know, it, it's just a matter of time, just a matter of time. I agree with you. Uh, if you be I believe I did the research and looked up the last time Chris Jones signed a contract. I had tweeted this out was July 14th of 2020. That day has obviously passed, and I know, uh, Charles, you wrote in, in one of your articles for the important offseason dates that, that the 17th was kind of a pseudo-deadline 
I think is what you called it for the Chiefs to get the get a deal done because that was the that was the deadline for um, franchise tag players to reach a, a long term right. extension with their uh, teams. That doesn't get done. Listen, I, I think it does get done eventually, right? As as you're I, I'm echoing what you're saying, Charles, I believe it gets done. It'll Chris Jones will be on the field for the Kansas City Chiefs come October, August, October. He'll be on the field. Um, and it's just I think it's all just like uh, as you mentioned. Maybe semantics is a good way to put it. I don't know. Uh, it's it's all the it's all the details is what it's going to be, and he's going to want that. He's want to get a, he's going to want to get paid more than Quinn Williams, and so he's going to get that. Got got that at, at point one added to it, um, right. and they got to work out all the terms like that. But and look, not, maybe it's maybe it's even more than a point one, right? Maybe be, you yeah. know he he wants maybe something a little closer to what Aaron Donald has, and I think there's way to ways to structure that. Absolutely. And I think he's, you know, he has the argument. He's certainly deserving of getting paid like, you know, the second or even the first, you know, defensive tackle uh, in the league. So um, I I think that, you know, it, that's that's the conversations that are kind of playing out now is, you know, trying to find that middle ground, um, finding, you know, where there can be a little pull and tug to, to help the team, but also to get Jones what what he's looking for. Uh, and what makes him feel valued, you know, as a player uh, and a member of the team. And if you don't know, the, the Quinn Williams contract, four years, $96 million, uh, makes him the second highest paid average defensive tackle in NFL history. Uh, $24 million a year is about what it works out to. $66 million of that was guaranteed as well. So I think a very reachable number by the Chiefs by any stretch of it. I think they can even do more um, to put him in that second, make him second highest paid. The Aaron Donald number is a, it's a, it's a lot. Uh, for Aaron Donald, um, that number is. And I don't know if the Chiefs touch that. Maybe they do, and I'd be surprised. But I do think that they can put him firmly in the in the second-highest-paid uh, defensive tackle position. Now, Charles, another deal that came out over the weekend, I believe this was on Saturday, when, when the uh, DeAndre Hopkins news came out that he was going to sign with the Tennessee Titans, a lot of the conversation with DeAndre Hopkins was kind of, okay, if DeAndre Hopkins does come to Kansas City, it's going to need to be a Chris Jones extension first, then DeAndre Hopkins can sign. Do you think DeAndre just kind of got tired of waiting or it didn't look like his money was a ton? I think it's less than OBJ, but I still think, I don't think the Chiefs were getting to where the, his contract was. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, uh, I think it's a situation where, you know, um, the Chiefs kind of had a, a cap of what they wanted to, to pay Hopkins because yep. they were in conversation. They had conversations uh, with him and his camp. Um and uh, really, you know, it's just um, it, it it's it's a matter of of leverage, right? I mean, I think Hopkins may have used um, the fact that that he was talking to the Chiefs, he was talking to the Patriots to kind of get his best deal possible out of the Titans. Um, and you know, I think the Chiefs had their 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 offer on the table, a little rough offer. I don't think they could officially, obviously, um, you know, give him an offer until. Uh, until they had something done with, with Chris Jones. And, um, but I think they kind of had an idea of, Hey, this is how much that we could pay you on like a one-year deal. And that Hopkins was aware of that and, and probably used that a little bit to his advantage, um, which, you know, go get the bag, man. Like yeah. this is probably his last big contract in the NFL. He's 30, 31 years old. Right. So um, I, I don't think anyone can blame him uh, for that. And, I don't think anyone can really blame the chiefs for like not rushing things with Chris Jones to try and get a, a deal done. It really, you know, um, in the NFL, you 
you've you kind of you don't you don't do one deal so you can go out right there and do another right you kind of have to like uh compartmentalize these things and um you know kind of get your business done and um and then move on to you know whatever's next when when it's next right so um you know the the chiefs they're still going to do this with chris jones and then they're going to have some cap space and, and they're going to have more options to kind of consider um beyond you know adding a, a a deandre hopkins so um i i think that'll be something that that'll be interesting to watch once once that does occur but um yeah i don't i, I don't think that uh that the, they're going to be uh you know uh crying any tears over uh, missing out on on Hop. I agree. Uh, just for context, those numbers that came with the contract, DeAndre Hopkins, two-year, $26 million, uh, average annual salary, about $13 million per year is what that comes out to. Odell signed a one-year, $15 million deal. So I think uh, when we talked about kind of the relationship between those two with the with their contracts, it was the Odell, the Odell, do, the Odell deal, try to say that five times fast, that <laughs> dropped that made DeAndre Hopkins say like, oh, maybe I can get some more money out of this. Um, and he did get more money. I'm surprised it wasn't quite. Uh, I mean, he's missing $2 million, which, Charles, you and I, $2 million is a lot of money. But right, probably right. To, to him, that's probably not a, not a whole lot to, to really right, to, to be that upset about. So uh, very interesting how that all played out. But, Charles, I, I, we need to take one more break. And on the other side of the break, let's talk about some of the biggest storylines. We already talked about two of the biggest storylines on both sides of the ball. Some of the other storylines on the offensive and defensive side that – kind of are being talked to a whole lot that are going into training camp, but maybe we can see some resolutions too uh, in training camp. We'll be right back after this. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Make sure you download our new app. Find it on the App Store or Google Play. Just search KC Sports Network. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. That's Charles Goldman of the Chiefs Wire. I'm Tucker Franklin, hanging out with you on KCS and Update, presented by DraftKings. All right, Charles, training camp nearly here. Rookies have already reported. We're just waiting, and quarterbacks have already reported. We're waiting for the uh, for the veterans to show up. I want to talk about some of these storylines that, that you're thinking about. Let's start on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, you know, the DeAndre Hopkins, a wide receiver one, is, is kind of a big storyline. But other than that, what are you kind of keeping your eye on to a training camp here? Oh man, there's a lot. Um, you know, uh, I, I'll, I'll hop over the defensive side of the ball real quick. Okay. Um, I'm looking at the linebacker room a little bit, seeing how, how things shake out there. Obviously they added Drew Tranquil, uh, in free agency and he's kind of a veteran, um, you know, during OTAs mandatory mini camp, like they were giving him the blue dot, like uh, green dot, excuse me. <laughs> they're giving him the green dot. Blue dot. What's the blue dot? Um, that out. They, they're giving him the microphone, the helmet, letting him run the defense as a way to kind of bring him up to speed to like what this is what the Chiefs do. This is what our defense looks like. And like he made he made some plays. Like he got his hands on the ball a couple times. Like he was he was doing some good things. Where is he going to slot in? You know, is he going to be a guy who's taking reps away from from Willie Gay Jr. 
and then you've got a couple of uh, undrafted free agents, right? Um, who who were signed? Uh, Isaiah Moore, Cam Jones. Like the, these two guys are, are really talented players um, who could be pushing kind of the bottom of the roster. Um, you know, they they had a, a, the fellow out of uh, was it South, South Dakota State, I believe, the undrafted free agent last year, Jack Cochran, mm. um, who who was kind of a special teamer and was that fifth linebacker last year. Um, so, you know, it, it, are they someone who can push him, uh, for a potentially position on the roster? And then, you know, Leo Chanel second year in the system, he was really coming on heavy, uh, in the playoffs, had some really nice plays in the AFC title game and, uh, in the Super Bowl. So I'm thinking, Hey, like, is this guy a player? Are we going to see a little bit more of him this, uh, this upcoming season that that position group has me really excited, really has potential to be one of the best, um, I, I think, you know, in the AFC West and the entire league, potentially um, for, for Kansas City, obviously, you know, uh, Nick Bolton's kind of the the, the headliner there. But uh, and, and you know, he's uh, got a bit of a chip on his shoulder, too. He, he said, you know, this offseason that, hey, I don't think people talk enough about the Chiefs defense. Um, and, you know, for a guy that almost scored two uh, touchdowns in the Super Bowl, <laughs> he might be right. So uh, I'm excited to see what's going on there. Uh Jumping back to uh, the offensive side of the ball, the running back room, I think mm-hmm. is really interesting. You know, they got a lot of depth there. Obviously, we're waiting to see what happens with uh, with Pacheco. We know that Jarek McKinnon was kind of held out during uh, OTA's mandatory minicamp just as kind of a precaution. He had an extended season, 20 games. He's a veteran player. They want to make sure that he's kind of healthy and feeling right and feeling good for uh, for this upcoming uh, training camp here. I think maybe we'll see like a little bit of like veteran maintenance days and stuff like that. You know, maybe he'll get it like a day off, you know, every like section of practice or something like that. Um, but I, I think that, you know, that's also going to be a good thing because it's going to provide some opportunities for, you know, a guy like Daenerys Prince or mm-hmm. uh, Michael Pirine or, um, you know, uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire even to get some opportunities to work in there and, you know, really carve out a role and, um, you know, make make names for themselves uh, w- within this Chiefs team. The running back room is probably the biggest one that I got my on, obviously outside of the wide receiver room. I think that's an easy answer. It's a cop-out answer for everyone to say right <laughs> now is, is the wide receivers. But the running back room is very interesting because – uh, when I start to think of the roster composition, right? You you want to you talk about how many guys you keep at each position. Could the Chiefs keep three quarterbacks? They could this year. Uh, I could see it happening. Shane Bouchelle, I think Ken Ken Swanson, very high on Bouchelle and his development, and he thinks that you know if they don't keep him on the roster, that he'll end up on another team. Uh, someone will claim him. So I think that could be something that comes up. And again, you talk about wide receivers, you're going to keep six, going to keep seven. Tight ends, they're probably keeping four of those guys. They're probably keeping nine or ten offensive linemen. So, like, running backs, you're looking at, okay, are they going to keep three? Are they going to keep four? That's going to be a big position to see how they kind of approach it and how they approach other positions as well because that's going to impact a whole lot uh, if what they do. And if Denard Prince kind of forces his way in there, I'm sure he can contribute on special teams. Um, I, I, I know that... Dave Tobe would love that if RB4, if he does end up being that RB4, can contribute on special teams. That'll be a huge plus. Same thing with wide receiver seven or six. Um, they're going to need to be able to contribute on special teams. But from what, everything I've heard about Daenerys Prince has been nothing but positive. Everyone's been glowing about this guy, very saying he's very Pacheco-like. We got to see him at the Shrine Bowl. He does run kind of like Isaiah Pacheco. They kind of have very similar styles. And if that's the way that the Chiefs want to go with the running back room, 
I'll be okay with that. Uh, yeah. Just have, have some nasty guys to to match with those nasty guys up in the middle. Other uh, inside run game could be pretty fun to watch uh, here in the coming years. But now, incredibly interesting when it comes to the offensive side of the ball and the running backs and just the roster composition. There are so many different ways. When I made my first fifty-three man like roster projection. There were so many different things that scenarios I could talk myself into with like, okay, keeping an extra offensive lineman. Does Lucas Niang and Prince Tegawadogo make it? Uh, they could. It's a very possible, likely thing to happen. Do they take seven wide receivers because Justin Ross is banging the door down? Uh, but, you know, they still want Richie James for his special team stuff. They could do that, but then they got to lose a tight end probably. But I don't know if the Chiefs are going to not take in, not take four tight ends because they don't have a fullback this year on their roster. And Blake Bell or Noah Gray could play that pseudo fullback role. So there's just a ton. Like you mentioned off the top, there's a ton on the offensive side of the ball when you start talking about it, especially for a team that is the defending champions to look at. And you're like, okay, there's a lot of different construction wise. But and, and to be fair, not of not a lot of it's like star level upper A tier type of like moves. It's all depth moves that we're talking about here. Um, but I still think it makes it wildly interesting on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, I think uh, one that you touched on is the offensive line room, right? Um, I, I think since uh, since 2018, since Patrick Mullins has been the starter, I think they've had no fewer than, than nine uh, mm -hmm. offensive linemen in a given year. Um, last year, they carried 10. I think in 2019, they carried 10 as well. I, I'm not sure off the top, That's but right. I, I, uh, I know they carried 10 in two of those years, and I know they carried 10 last year. Um, because there was kind of, you know, a little bit of, of uncertainty there. Um, you know, I, I don't think they knew what was going on entirely with Orlando Brown Jr. with this contract situation, when he would be there and what have you, uh, when he would show up at, at camp and they'd have run into a holdout situation. So they kind of felt they had to, to be prepared and whatnot and um, had to have some of these extra guys. I mean, they obviously saw what happened in, in Super Bowl LV, so it pays to have someone extra, right? But I think if you have a player like a like a Wanya Morris or um, even a Lucas Yang who proves himself um, to be this uh, option as a swing tackle, as a true swing tackle, can play on the left, can play on the right, that it's going to give the Chiefs so much more roster flexibility, right? The ability to go down to that nine offensive lineman, carry an extra player, maybe in the tight end room, maybe in the running back room, maybe in the mm -hmm. wide receiver room. So um I think, you know, when you're looking at roster construction, specifically on the offensive side of the ball, finding that player to be that swing tackle for Kansas City that you're you're truly confident in in that. Right. Um, allowing you maybe to, you know, pull back to, to you know, let go of one of these guys, um, you know, either via trade or, you know, cutting cutting them at, and 53, uh, 53 man roster cuts. Um, I, th I think that's just going to be uh, so crucial, so vital for, um, you know, looking at Andy Heck here, you know, he's got a, he's got a tough one ahead of him to, to kind of figure this out. Cause you know, he's got all these new pieces at offensive tackle really, you know, uh, PTW and, um, and Yang are the only, you know, familiar guys. Right. So um, I think, you know, figuring out which one of those guys that, that you're going to trust to, uh, to be that guy, it's going to be crucial. It's going to be going to be a big one. Absolutely. I do think the offensive, I think I had 10 offensive linemen on my, uh, my pre training camp, 53 man prediction. And I actually went 26 on the offense, 24 on the defense is what I ended up doing with because of the special teams versatile versatility on the defensive side of the ball. You can get some of the, I think Chamari Connor made it for me uh, as one of those later guys. And uh, as you mentioned, Isaiah Moore and Jack Conkering kind of have similar, I think, well, I could think I could see 
Isaiah Moore having that Jack Conklin role this year um, with the way he plays special teams and all that. And I think they're pretty high on Isaiah Moore right now. So it wouldn't surprise me if Jack Conklin doesn't make an Isaiah Moore does. On the other hand, it wouldn't surprise me if it was the other way either. Um, there's a lot of those position groups right there that I think the defense for the most part is a little less controversial uh, when it comes to, to roster construction on that side. But don't get me wrong. There's still some like position. I still think there's some guys down there that are really fighting, especially in the secondary, uh, really fighting to get on this 53 man. Yeah. The secondary, um, you know, the wide, the wide receiver room, right? Let's go back to the wide receiver room let's do it. because, because look, I mean, everyone's uh, right now. I think that the discourse has been about Justin Ross, right? Uh, right. Everyone's real excited former undrafted free agent last year, spent the entire season on injured reserve, has a lengthy uh, injury history, had the foot last year, had the neck injury um, in in college. That was a scary injury. And, uh, you know, took him a while to, to kind of come back from that. But uh, I, I think that, you know, you look at all these different players. They have like, I think, 14 guys. They have 13 guys who are true wide receivers. They have one, uh, Jerry Neely, who's like the wide receiver running back, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of competition, right? And, and we know that at least four of these spots, like we can truly say four of these spots are taken, right? Mm-hmm. Every year, all right, every year since uh, Andy Reid has been in Kansas City, at the start of the season, they've carried no more than six wide receivers every single year. All right. They've never had the seven wide receivers. Everyone's talking about, okay, well, they're not going to have a fullback. Now that could be an extra wide receiver. Yeah. But it could be an extra tight end too, or it could be an extra running back. We don't, we don't really know the the thinking there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there, there's a chance that some of these wide receivers, that these Justin Rosses, these John Rosses, that maybe someone entirely unknown, a Kikoa Crawford, right. A guy who, who, who made it right. Uh, as a as a mandatory mini camp tryout, he was tryout a rookie mini camp. Then they brought him back to mandatory mini camp, had him try out again, and he made the ninety man roster. Like like those are guys that um you know you, you've got to watch something like that. I I feel like because that that's a rare thing. Maybe he's the ninetieth man on the roster, or maybe like he really showed something, and they think they found like a diamond in the rough, right? Yeah. So um you know there there's going to be opportunities for these guys to show out during training camp. Um, one thing I, I look at often, um, with, you know, my 53 man predictions, you know, I try to pick other people's brains who have known more than, know more than I do, have seen more than I do. Right. So there are are reporters out there who have been at OTAs, who've been at mandatory minicamp. When I have a player like, you know, Ross, I'm kind of like reaching out to some of my buddies here and I'm saying, Hey, like, what do you think about Ross? Is he going to make it? And, And then you can look around and you can see their 53 man projections right mm-hmm. and you know when none of them have ross making it it gives me pause right, right. um so I, I i'm not saying that that a guy like ross can't make it right 100%. but um but i think that you know you got to kind of read between the lines on certain things and and that's one of them right you've guys have got eyes on this player who maybe don't think he's quite there yet so um i i think it's gonna be interesting to see how that plays out and you know, doubling back to the cornerback room too. They've got just tremendous mm-hmm. depth at the cornerback position. They're going to have to make, you know, some tough, tough decisions there. Um, you know, uh, Nick Jones is a guy who's impressed from day one, right? Seventh round draft pick this year. And, um, you know, he he's a guy who's going to be battling for a spot, um, you know, no matter how much he impresses, just because of the the facts of, of the last season of, you know, finding all these guys, the Jalen Watsons, the Joshua Williams, you know, these guys who really helped contribute to that Super Bowl win. Um, 
you know, who, who helped in the AFC title game, who helped in the Super Bowl, helped, uh, you know, throughout the season and, and really filled in there. So um, I, I think it's just, it, it's going to be so interesting to follow along and see how these battles progress and see, uh, oh. you know, how these players handle, you know, the, the mental and physical drain that is training camp, right? We know, we know how hot it gets out there in St. Joe, how humid it gets. Uh, you know, they're going to have some tough, some tough days. Um, and, and those are the days that really influence the, the mind of the coaching staff. You know, how do you respond when you are physically and mentally exhausted? Yep. Um, because those are going to be the same moments that you're going to, you know, run into in the fourth quarter or overtime games against the Buffalo Bills in the playoffs or the Cincinnati Bengals in the playoffs, right? Those are the same feelings that are going to be going through you. Those, you're going to be breathing those same puffs of, uh, puffs of strong air there, uh, you know, at the end, but, um, yeah, uh, it, it's really fun. It's a great time of the year. I'm I'm just mm-hmm. so excited uh, to to be able to, you know, see what comes next for this team and see how they approach the the Super Bowl title defense and construct that roster here uh, with uh, what they learn at training camp and during the preseason. Absolutely, very excited for this. This is, this is what maybe one of my favorite times of the year, just because. Listen, if if you've got kids, if you've got young kids, or if you're just a really big fan of the Chiefs, go out to training camp if you can, uh, because this is like the access you get is nowhere near you can get in the middle of the season. You get to see these guys up close, get to see how they work um, on on the field. It's very, a very cool time. If you can get, get away, get up to St. Joe on one of these days, uh, do it. First training camp practice is July 23rd. Last one, August 17th, I believe off. That was off the dome. I'm pretty sure I've been looking at the training camp schedule too much as what happens. I, I remember just showing up to training camp a few times. I remember one year, uh, oh gosh, what year was it? Maybe 2019. I, I don't know. But Tano Passanio was still at the Chiefs. And I remember yeah. like I was right on the sideline. I was right by him. And I'm like, man, that dude is big. <laughs> like he's he's uh-huh. a big guy, you know. But uh you get up close and personal with these guys, get a chance to, you know, maybe talk with them after, get some autographs yeah. signed. And um, I mean, you really get to see the foundation that they're laying for the season, the the foundation that potentially could lead to a back-to-back Super Bowl title. So uh that's a that's a cool thing and um, really really just exciting time of the year for uh, all the Chiefs fans out there. Absolutely exciting time for every NFL fan because everyone's going to win the division. You know that's right, what they right, all right, think. Right. Everyone's winning the league this year. But Charles, appreciate you taking some time out talking with me about the training camp coming right up. First practice on Sunday, July the twenty third. Veterans report on July the twenty second. Rookies and quarterbacks already there, already getting things underway. So football is almost here. Go follow Charles on Twitter at GoldMCTNFL. You can find his work at the Chiefs Wire and also the KCSN Daily uh, Substack Newsletter. You can find a link to that in the description if you'd like to subscribe if you're not already. Uh, that's going to do it for today's episode of KCSN Update. I'm Tucker Franklin. I'll be back with Brett Coleman. We're gonna. I know some people don't like Brett Coleman, but Brett Coleman just did a big old long preview about the Chiefs, and he wants to talk Chiefs. He wants to get on here. He wants to wax poetically about the Chiefs. So, hey. I'm going to let him. We're going to be back tomorrow with another episode. So until then, I'll talk to you later. Thank you for listening to KC Sports Network. We appreciate your support. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard. You can find all six of our channels covering the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current, plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.